Hello and welcome back on today's episode of Econwising. I'm your host Hao Yu, and today we're going to be talking about the neoclassical growth theory, which is an economic theory that kind of aligns how a steady economic growth growth rate results from a combination of three driving factors: labor, capital, and technology. The theory mainly aims to predict the country's long-term economic development. Through a model、uh, known as the Solow-Swan model, after the economists who developed it in 1956. Now, the three factors of technology, capital, and the size of the labor force are the drivers of potential economic growth. Increasing capital creates growth because people can be more productive up to a certain point. However, the theory incorporates the idea of diminishing returns as well. Basically, when a company has one worker and adds one more, output increases dramatically. On the other hand, when you have a hundred workers and add one more, output might not even rise as much as it did previously. At a certain point, it will stop increasing, and and the next technology changes.、Um, Eventually, countries achieve a steady state economy where GDP grows、uh, slowly at the same rate as the labor force plus the technological process. The neoclassical growth of theory also predicts that growth between poor and rich countries will narrow. This is called the convergence hypothesis. Because poor countries have less capital to start with, each additional unit of capital produces higher returns than it would in a capital-rich、uh, country. However, while countries with similar economies, infrastructure, and institutions may converge,、um, such as the EU countries, poor countries won't really catch up entirely, and they will reach their own level of steady-state economy. The capital and the labor force of an economy really de- determine its output. Technology then is thought to augment labor productivity and increase the output capabilities of labor. Thus, the production function of a classical growth theory, which is used to measure the growth and equilibrium of an economy, really takes the function of y is equal to AF of k comma、uh, L. Where y is the GDP of a nation, k is the share of capital, and l is the amount of unskilled labor in an economy. A then represents a determinant、uh, level of technology. However, because of the relationship between labor and technology, namely that technology mainly affects labor and not capital, an economy's production function is often rewritten with、uh, the a multiplier. Uh, within the function,、uh, alongside L, in human language, increasing any one of these inputs、uh, shows an effect on GDP and therefore the equilibrium of an economy. However,、um, if the three factors of the neoclassical growth are not e- all equal, the returns of both unskilled labor and capital of an economy will then diminish. These diminished returns imply that the increases in these two outputs have exponentially decreasing returns, even though technology is boundless in its contribution to growth. In the neoclassical growth model, technology changes considered external. That's the point worth mentioning. This means that the model doesn't really address where technological change might come from, or how it happens, and why it might differ across countries. Critics also point out that the theory doesn't really take entrepreneurship into account. You know, human capital, competition, or the quality of government policies into account. 
There is no evidence that God ever intended the USA to have a higher per capita income than the rest of the world for eternity. And I think this kind of sums up the neoclassical growth really well. To conclude, growth depends on the three things of technological change, capital accumulation, and the growth of the labor force. With uh, sufficient capital, an economy will grow rapidly, but its growth rate will slow the larger it becomes. This is because of the rule of diminishing returns.